0: This is the Wait For It Podcast.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast. I am your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And joining me is your other co-host, Mr. Eric Almighty. And Eric, it seems like the uh, the way that this podcast goes now is we spend a lot of time apart for like the first three weeks of the month. And then we like rapid fire out a whole bunch of episodes together. Uh, So it's good to be back here with you recording this evening as we revisit our international feature series. And as a um, kind of a theme that we're going with here as of late, we're watching another Oscar film, which is something we don't normally do. Um, So I'm, I'm happy that the podcast has given us the opportunity to check out the films that are really being lauded within the film industry. And today's film is obviously, you know, no exception. As we will be talking about what was a very heavy experience for me uh, here earlier today. I know you watched it way before me. Um, I'm just still processing everything that I saw. So as always, it will be a nice juxtaposition of emotions as we talk about today's film.
0: Yeah, I am excited. I'm I'm so ready for this film. I'm always excited to talk about an international film, and this one. You know, we try not to promote a movie we haven't seen yet um, because we'd like them to be mainly favorable. So we'd like those those to be favorable movies. And that's why we don't really do that. This one, I was pretty confident it would be good because of all of the Oscar hype that was around it. And I'm and I'm kind of happy to say, at least on my end, uh, we have not talked about it yet. I was really surprised at what this movie managed to do. It's another war film out of all the war films out there. You know, how good could it be? I thought it uh, it had a really unique perspective and story to tell. And it all started with the way the movie started. I'm really excited to start there when we get into it. But yeah, Phil, super, super ready to talk about All Quiet on the Western Front.
1: Yeah, and this is a film that has been done. Uh, it's based off of a book, is, is what I'll, I'll start off and say. And, you know, it is a film that has been made a couple of times now. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, with the 2022 version getting so much hype, uh, it being the most readily available to us. That is why we are discussing it here today. And then, as Eric mentioned, all of the Oscar hype as well. Before we get started, I want to welcome in any brand new guests to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. If you are brand new to the show, make sure you stick around to the very end. We'll let you know how you can find all the rest of our content, as well as how you can support the show a little bit extra if you feel like you want to do that. And as always, welcome back to all the returning listeners. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we hope to see a whole bunch of you next month at Bold Matsuri here in Jacksonville as we are coming up on our third year partnering with them. So super excited for all of that. But Eric, for any brand new listeners, or if anybody needs a little bit of a refresher, let them know what the International Feature is all about. And then, yeah, let's go ahead and discuss this thing.
0: So the International Feature is a series that we started because we had an interest to explore foreign shows and films more than ever before. So for that reason, we will occasionally highlight International Gems. And for this episode, as you guys know, we're going to talk about All Quiet on the Western Front, which was uh, is a film on Netflix. And again, had super, super craze around it come Oscar season. So that's what you need to know about this episode. Phil, let's jump into it.
1: Yeah, and here is a synopsis, as always, from the fantastic IMDb, always keeping it short and sweet. A young German soldier's terrifying experiences and distress on the Western Front during World War I. Now, Eric, this isn't really my genre. I'll I'll kick it off by saying that. This is, you know, I definitely want in, not hesitant, but like, I just don't watch a lot of these types of films. But, you know, knowing the pedigree that it had, knowing that, again, it has been a story that has been retold, um, and then now being told again for modern audiences, I believe the last time it was made, oh gosh, when was it? I believe it was back in... Uh, 1979 was the most recent one, so quite a long time ago. Um, This is a film that has been lauded for a couple of things, aside from just the story. Um, And that's cinematography and score. And let me tell you, Eric, like even though while I I didn't necessarily find myself totally wrapped up in the throes of of war and what goes on behind it, because again, not really my thing, um, it is a... Hauntingly and, and chilling, just beautiful film. I mean, shot from beginning to end. The juxtaposition between what these kids, they're, they're kids, man, they're children, are going through on the front line, as opposed to what's going on, you know, between the, the people that get to literally sit in ivory towers and manage what's happening on the front line when they literally, they'll never see battle, right? They'll, they'll be comfortable, they'll be safe, they'll be. Happy for the most part, um, just made me really uncomfortable in all the ways that you want to film like this to make you feel uncomfortable. So I'm pretty sure those are some things that you're going to highlight because, yeah, it is a, it's something that's going to sit with me for a long time, despite the fact that I don't want to watch it again. Um, you know, it's not something that I would, it's, it's not opening itself up for multiple viewings. You know, I, I don't think that's what's happening here on purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, this is not a movie you want to watch multiple times. Like I'm super big on like war movies in general. I like certain ones like Saving Private Ryan is a little bit more digestible to the masses. I think, you know, given the director and everything, but you know, and, and the character, the characters and the cast. Right. So that movie always has a, a special place in my heart. I really love that film. I love this one for different reasons, but unlike Saving Private Ryan, I won't, rewatch this because it is a tough, a tough watch. You mentioned the cinematography. It won the Academy Award this year for best cinematography. And I was really shocked by that. But no, it, it deserves it. 110%. Phil, the scene that I like the most is right at the beginning where you see a soldier die and you see that they have to take the clothes of that soldier, restitch it up, and it eventually gets into the hands of our main character. I don't know if that's ever something I've really seen, like cinem- cinematography wise, ever done before. I'm sure it has been, but it was just really impactful, and it set me up for the ride that was was to come.
1: Again, it is a it, it's a haunting reminder of war, and this is an anti one of those anti war films. Again, not a genre that I really dive into, uh, and you know. The country has a very, we're talking about us, not Germany, but really the world in general has a very complicated relationship when it comes to war. We're not going to discuss the, the depths and the ins and outs of that and, and the, um, the morality of it. You know, that's just not what we do here on the show. But there are definitely resources that you can, you know, you can find where people will go in depth with that. But it like you said, it is just a, a, a chilling reminder of kind of the, they're just processed in and out right they, they just they go in they rotate it and you know to see the character the main character so full of life in the beginning thinking that they're about to make a difference thinking they're gonna go march on the streets of paris and eat baguettes and hang out with all these french women and that's and immediately like there's not even like a a honeymoon period they're immediately thrown into the shit and uh, exposed to the reality of what's going on yeah and then remember like the the recruiter or whoever it was i don't know if it was a recruiter or whatever uh you know just says oh that you know it probably just didn't fit you know that's why it has someone else's name on it so just telling these kids whatever they need to even even the speech in the beginning where they're like you guys are gonna be you know you're the greatest generation you're gonna be you're gonna uh you know do this for germany like it's all like part of the machine it's it's also very like scary in the same way in that that's largely still what happens today. It's the same speech, you know, it's just told in different languages. So again, another reason it will stick with me for a while.
0: Yeah. And again, Phil, it's not, it's not, and this may not be the longest episode and and we probably didn't, we didn't mention this at the beginning, but if you're new to this series, we we keep it pretty spoiler free. There's only one like spoilerish thing that happens. Uh, And that spoiler thing happens towards the end. So I don't think we're really going to need to talk spoilers here. But what we can tell you about the film and Phil, this was something that I think because of the era probably mattered the most was that trench warfare. Very, very violent just to see it. It's we talk about, you know, people just kind of being numbers and, and just being rotated. It was It was a tough watch. Again, I would not, this isn't for the faint of heart. Like it's very, very traumatic stuff that happens. And, you know, war in general, uh, just an interesting topic for more qualified people to have than us. But it really made me like never want to ever be in the military. So for all of our our veterans out there sacrificing their lives, their daily, uh, you know, just their day-to-day comfort, to be able to, you know, protect the country and everything, you know, we obviously are uh, very much appreciated. This film makes you appreciated for that, even though uh, it's from the German perspective of things, which I thought was really cool. Like this is the first German film uh, film film that we've added to this series, which you know I think really allowed us to do some variety. Did you watch it in the German audio?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I accidentally was watching it in English at first and I was like, I don't think this is right. And then I switched it over to the German subtitles. So absolutely the way to watch it. If you're going to check it out, like you said, you know, it's a good trigger warning. Um, Definitely not for the faint of heart because, you know, with with war, I I think especially with, you know, uh, films like (laughs) a Fast and the Furious or a superhero film and you think of war and it's like, uh, you know, there are these action set pieces, and it's just not like that. It's it's ugly, and it's gross, and it is in your face, especially back then. You know, obviously, it's a little bit different now with, um, you know, how military technology is advancing. But, like, back then, like, you were in the shit. You were literally, like, murdering this person eye to eye, and, you know, nothing more apparent than that than the scene where he, you know, he's going, going at it one-on-one with that French soldier, and it's just like... <laughs> They're they're really not. It doesn't matter what side they're fighting for at that particular moment in that scene. It is just it's heavy and it's a reminder again, like you said, Eric, these these people, these soldiers are just churned out and rotated and they'll just be forgotten about, which is so sad when you think about it. But it was a scene that out of everything I saw in the film, the one where I was like, man, I have to I think I actually took a break after that. I think I won like ate some dinner and then came back to it uh, because yeah, it was really well acted and really well directed and um, you know, and that's the reason we're talking about it right now.
0: Yeah, a really great film and Phil to kind of transition just maybe towards the back end of the conversation again. It's there's not, there's a lot that happens a uh, lot of interactions with characters, not much we can really get into because we're not going to really be talking spoilers on this one. It's obviously a high recommendation, Phil, you know, let's talk a little bit about the fact that this film won Best International Film. I mentioned Best Cinematography, Best Production Design, and Best Original Score. All awards, I think it definitely was fairly in contention for, you know, there's a little film called RRR that wasn't nominated. So one or two of these could have gone a different direction. But with that being said... Phil, you know, what do you think about the reception, uh, the Oscar worthiness, and then even maybe like any of the the Rotten Tomatoes and all the other critic scores that we've kind of seen out there about this film? Do you agree with where everyone else landed on it? Are you there with them?
1: Yeah, you know, and again, it's not really something that I could I could tell you like, you know, having not, you know, I've seen like Saving Private Ryan and and things like that, but I haven't seen like 1912 is a 1912
0: 1917 1917 19- which 17. after this movie i want to watch so. yeah like i don't i don't
1: take in a lot of that type of media so I, I wouldn't be able to tell you what qualifies necessarily as like you know a good war movie and a bad war movie but i do know that this was a really really good film and you know it got the recognition that it deserved um you know as far as like you said eric some of the um Uh, Some of the other things, some of the other movies that it was up against as far as international features, no films that I I don't think we're really familiar with. It did get nominated also for makeup and hairstyling. It lost to The Whale, um, which I think would be an interesting conversation to have. There were some heavy hitters in that uh, and, you know, the makeup and hairstyling department. As far as music, it beat out Babylon, the Banshees of Inishirin, everything everywhere all at once, Fablemans. There were some. (laughs) It beat out really, really great films, um, and you know, like you said, absolutely deserving of the uh, the reception it received. Ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes on the Tomato Meter, ninety percent audience score. So, very rarely do the audience and the critics agree. Um, there are some fantastic performances here, Eric. There is not really anybody that I necessarily rec- uh, recognize, other than of course the uh, the actor that played Zemo, um, you know, in in the. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, Civil War films, um, but not really anybody that I was super familiar with. But the performances and, and them getting and, and getting us to kind of buy in to that brotherhood in a very short amount of time, like they get thrown into their first hint of battle, people get hurt, people die, and then we jump ahead 18 months. And I don't feel like we missed anything significant or their friendship or their bond felt rushed or fabricated even though there's a year and a half time skip is is that fair to say
0: yeah i think that was well done actually again another testament to the film and the fact that it made us care about these characters at all because i mean it really is a everyday man like that they put in front and center it's like or kid you know to your point like it's just another soldier And, you know, again, Saving Private Ryan is the is the easy example to keep running to. But that's Tom Hanks, you know, is the main character and all these other A-list actors like that's not what they do in this movie. You don't know who these actors are for the most part. And I think that's on purpose because the film really focuses on the fact that this is just any man, any soldier, any kid that's thrown in the front lines. And that really felt like the vibe with the group. So when people die, you know, you you are attached to them, but there's almost like a, a dehumanization to it of the fact that you can't get attached to these people. I mean, all it takes is you to just be the one that's caught by a stray of bullets getting crushed by a tank, like the crazy stuff that happens in war and then definitely in this film. So, yeah, no, I think uh, I think, Phil, that's we've kind of called out a lot of the things here that I think we wanted to talk about. Is there anything else that you wanted to highlight from this film? Again, I think cinematography, if for anything else, you should watch it for the amazing cinematography. But Phil, any other, you know, kind of words about this film before we start to wrap up? No, I think the only
1: other thing maybe to mention, it's a two and a half hour film. So it, it is very long. Um, in between the, the sequences of war, um, there's a lot of dialogue. So definitely just make sure you're paying attention. And, um, yeah, that would be about it. But again, uh, just a, a definitely a trigger warning just because there's, you know, it is a, a war film. It's very, very graphic. Um, but I think it is a, a important film for people to watch. You know, if if you're listening to this series, it feels like you're probably open to watching forms of media that either you're not really familiar with or you're interested, you know, and, be, and you're interested in expanding your uh, filmography palette, I guess is what we'll say. That's what the series is all about. So even if a, one or two of you ever watched this film because you heard us glowingly talk about it, then we've done our job. And honestly, yeah, that's that's the best feeling. So if you do check it out, definitely let us know. But yeah, Eric, I think that's, I think we covered, like you said, it's it's not going to be the longest episode, but it's, I mean, what's there to be said about a film that won three Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think
0: I don't think we really have to speak for it very much. But you know, I'm I was glad-
1: I was I was on the fence about watching that Oscar film, <laughs> but I saw these two guys in Jacksonville talk about it, and I was like, I'll give
0: it a try. Hey, you know, that's what that's what we're <laughs> here for. Uh, but yeah, this was this was super great. I'm glad we were able to see this film. I'm excited to see, you know, what's next. We're gonna be taking a, a good hard look at some of. Some of the other international films that have been on our radar, we're going to be kind of taking a look at several things as we plan these episodes ahead. So with that all being said, Phil, if we want to start wrapping up, let uh, everyone know where they can find us, and we will start to wind down on this episode of International Feature. Now, Eric, one might say Fast 10 is an international
1: film. Are we going to do that? I don't believe so. No?
0: No, I mean, if you want to do Tokyo Drift, we can do it. I I don't... (laughs) I love Tokyo Drift.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, hold on. There is a... James Wan directed a film that he considers Fast and Furious canon that was a Japanese film. (laughs) Would you watch that? (laughs) It's essentially a prequel to Tokyo Drift.
0: That... Okay, that's a little bit more down the alley that we need to be, and I'll consider it. More than what you just said with Fast and Furious.
1: Okay, that's fair. Well, while Eric thinks about it, you should go to the show notes of this episode and click the link tree link. You will find everything you need, including all of our social media pages. And uh, if you do find yourself listening to this episode uh, or this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify... Please do us a huge favor. Leave that five star review. It's one of the best ways you can support the show, along with Eric, another way that they can support the show.
0: Yes, and that is on Patreon, where you, along with several other uh, patrons, can support us, like Briar, for example, who gets a shout out for the tier he selected. And we have several different tiers where you can get bonus perks, such as unedited episodes, including video content, like this episode here. Uh, hoping that is still the case with some shoddy internet here uh, at the end. But with all that being said, you can definitely support us there. We've got some extra bonus stuff to enjoy or just your support in general, whether you do it through our Buzz uh, Buzzsprout subscriptions or you just like, share, and follow us. We truly appreciate it. And your support is, again, very much appreciated. My name is Mr. Eric Almighty. That is my co-host, Phil the Filipino. And please don't forget, we release new episodes every monday and wednesday and all you have to do is wait for it so
1: i heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment wait for it gaming wait
0: for it anime plus ultra mr eric almighty and phil the filipino yeah they've got you covered and all you gotta do is wait for it This is the Wait For It Podcast.